Hey everyone, before we kick this episode off, I urge everyone listening to like and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you may get your podcast from. So if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating, or also subscribe to us on Spotify. And I urge all of our listeners to head to our website, and you can get more than just our podcast from there. We have news stories all the time there, we have feature articles there, so head to tnpmedia.au. That's tnpmedia.au. All right, without further ado, we'll get stuck into the podcast. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Episode 167 of the Talk and Power podcast. I'm your host, Nick DeCembra. I'm joined with co-host over there, Todd Bringworth. Todd, thanks for joining us. No worries, Nick. How you been anyway? What's been what's what's been happening in your world at the moment? I think I said it last time I saw you guys after a three month hiatus, four month hiatus. Just mm. work. Yep. Um but yeah, a few things starting to happen work wise, and that means get more money in the pocket and probably means I can play with some cars soon and do some stuff to the cars and yeah. Fair enough. That's good. One, yeah, one thing I have been doing is Buying lots of bits and pieces from Japan for the for the Blade and the Evo, like those hard to find parts and stuff like that, because mm. the the yen to the dollar's been okay. Yep. And I'm grabbing those little bits and pieces while I can. Yeah. And yeah, the Blade will hopefully in the next couple of months go to a paddle beater and get a few things touched up after two and a half years of owning, I think, or something. Has and, it been that long already? Has it? Yeah. Oh wow. And be be one color. I hope. We want to hope, and it's not that bad. I, I know you you always point it out to me, but it's actually almost unnoticeable that it's uh, two different colors. Yeah, well, we are. I'll be happy when it's done, and then we'll see. I reckon it looks a lot better. Yeah, fair and enough. Given, so yeah, so we'll, we'll, that'll be the next sort of probably month or so. And um, using a panel beater, I won't name the name yet because we'll hopefully he'll do a good job. But he's around the corner from Johnny. I can okay. always throw throw rocks at Johnny if I could. Oh, okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, that's so, good. But he was he was dead keen for the work as well, which in today's modern world, as I've been finding out, people don't want the small jobs. No, nah, people don't even want the big jobs. They don't nah. want any jobs. No one wants any guy, jobs. This guy was dead keen. He said, no, mate, this much money. And so, again, he was hoping he does a good job because if he does, he'll probably have an Evo to do some more work on straight after. So Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's about it for me. That's good. That's good. I'm finding myself a bit light in the pocket at the moment, actually, myself. A bit lighter in the pocket. I've actually commenced, after all these years of talking about it, I've actually kicked off with the with the XW. So the disc brake conversion's just about done, actually. Oh. Yeah, knocked a fair bit over on Saturday, actually. So the, the, the front drum brakes are gone, left, departed the building, as they say, and the Disc rotors, stub axles, disc rotors, upper, lower ball joints, that's all done. They're in. Rotors are in. Calipers are in. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to plumb up. The motor's actually out as well. The motor's out now. Um, so that's clutches apart. And if I, I've got to actually, the next podcast, when we get together next week again, 
I'll bring the clutch in and you guys can have a look at it because no one actually believes that the car was running with that clutch in it because there was literally no clutch at all. It was gone. Honestly, it was not slipping, but no one believes me. I, I sent a photo of, of it to Simon the other day and I said, how many more Christmas pageants do you reckon I had left in that clutch? And he goes, big fat zero. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the engine's out at the moment, so that'll get we'll, – we'll get that rear main oil leak fixed. And I think while we're at it, we're just going to pull some of it apart, not all of it, get the gaskets the gaskets all fixed up, um, sump gasket, rear main oil uh, seal as well, of course, rocket cover gasket, and just, you know, where we got visible oil leaks and just clean – tart that motor up as well. Uh, manifold gasket, both ends, inlet and exhaust – get that all fixed as well, get new clutch, put that all back in and want to paint the engine bay while it's out as well. So the motor's out at the moment. The disc brake front end is is just is, is complete. We've just got to put booster in, master cylinder in, re-plumb all that um, and then get the motor back in. Yeah, anyway, so it's happening. But I find myself, you know, buying these bits and pieces here. Big shout out, by the way, to the guys at Superu Autos. Subaru uh, Falcon parts in uh, Armadale. Thanks to Tony and Lee there. They've been really helpful, those guys. Uh, and also um, team at Perth Brake Parts as well. Johnny Alardi for helping me out with some bits. And big thanks to John Romeo as well for the, you know, for allowing us to use his workshop to get stuff in and out as well. So it helps when you've got a hoist, especially a two-poster. You know, when you're working standing up, it's quite quite pleasant actually. So it's good. It's good. Yeah, no, it makes a difference. Yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. I was just, it's been long talked about, but now it's actually happening. So, so it's good. no barra swaps while we're at, while no. the motor's out. No, oh, no, no, everyone's everyone's telling me to do that, but I I have no desire to do that. None whatsoever. Just non-turbo LPG barra, which is no. go straight in. No, no, that six little six-speed auto, you're done. That little two two one has performed, oh, has done so well. I'm I'm keeping it matching numbers car. This one, a lot of people would say, "Well, we change the disc, did the the disc brake front end on it now. It's not a matching numbers car anymore." I don't care. I've made it safer, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, no, we're looking uh, forward to 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 getting more work done on it. Yeah, and I'm changing brakes is still part matching number car. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think so too. I think so too. Oh, well, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's what's that's what's been happening. So that's keeping me busy as well. So yeah, yeah, you're busy keeping that one a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. No, anyway, we've just kept it under the radar a little bit. Not anymore. Now it's on the podcast. But anyway, yeah. Well, there you go. We'll soldier on. Hey, um, I don't know. Did you manage to catch the MotoGP? I did actually. I um, I think we've actually missed two rounds, haven't we? Since we last spoke, we missed uh, mm, Germany co- and Assen. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 We have. We missed Germany and Assen, but yeah. um. I mean the 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 KDMs are getting off to a good start again. I, I think they're they're performing really well off off the off this at the, off the line, but they just seem to dwindle back as the race yeah. progresses. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was a amazing performance by by the Ducatis once again. Who would have thought? But this um, Valentino Rossi's VR forty six Ducati satellite team would be f- performing so well. It was great news for Bezecchi because he took the pole in the sprint race. And he won that, and then he, you know, came. It was a strong second in the in the feature race on on Sunday as well. So congratulations to that team. I think they're going better than better than what I expected. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm with you. Actually, I was about to mention the Ducatis myself in the notes. I was like, 
I mean, all of them really. Who would have thought they'd be here this time this year? Yeah, yeah, it, it was a and 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 Pekka Banyaya. He's he, look. I mean, he he dominated. I wouldn't say dominated, but to a certain extent, he had that race on his own terms. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Ducati is off. They're they're really going well. It's great to see Italians going so well. First and second there on the on Sunday. Interesting. I noticed the CCTV came into a lot of use on this. The exceeding of track limits. I thought. Oh. Brad Binder, it was there. It was certainly there, but geez, it was yeah. of the narrowest of margins. I reckon I looked at that. I looked at that replay over and over again. It would have been. I was looking at it. It looked like about a hundred, hundred and fifty mil, if that. That he was over in that green zone. Yeah, but unfortunately, I didn't know. If you do that on the last lap, uh, and you're on the podium position, you lose that podium position. So that's that's really interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. So that's the rule there for for um on the last lap. So yeah, I don't know. He was he was um felt. I won't say hard done by, but you know, Brad uh, Binder there. You know, it was it was disappointing because I think the same thing happened to him in the sprint race as well. No, I you know, and it was there was a few exceeding track limits, and again, I'm with you. I was like, okay, they exceed the track limit, but by I, yeah, a whisper. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Not not much in it. Also, at all, I, but... I did notice that Assen. Yeah, I noticed that it was that little runoff area for them to do their little in and Penalty. out. <laughs> yep, yep. The yeah. Cathedral of Speed. Like, Assen. Oh, okay, that's different. And it... <laughs> yeah. So interesting, anyway. interesting race, interesting right. season, MotoGP. It always, it always is an interesting season, and uh, I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed the telecast of it um, this season. I think it's been, uh, I know the sport was lost to free to air TV here in Australia, but I think Foxtel are doing a magnificent job of it so far. Oh yeah, they are, and I was going to add as well. Like, I hate to say it, I do enjoy watching MotoGP about ten times more than F1 at the moment. Mm, Every yep. round of MotoGP is close racing again back to um Germany the week before. Mm. What a race. Yeah. Especially yep. the last few laps. Like yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen something in F1 like that for a while. No. Like, change, no, no. leader change, leader change, tail you know, like yeah, that's again MotoGP yeah, it's, I mean, it's where it's at. It <laughs> is. It moment. is definitely at it. So, it's, um, yeah, it's going really well. MotoGP. Hey, I know. I know. We talked about it the last podcast, the twenty-four hour Le Mans, but I noticed that they're still celebrating in Italy after the win. So it's 50, 57 years of celebrating. I guess they've been waiting for fifty years since they participated. But did you see the uh, the procession through? The Ferraris took the took to the streets of massive fanfare on the weekend. It was quite magnificent. They had the both the cars parading through the streets of Marinello. I don't know if you caught that at all. No, I didn't, unfortunately. So um but I have seen on Twitter and everywhere else they're still yeah, they're still celebrating. So yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's really interesting actually because they've I think they've taken a lot out of that out of that race and um, given the fact that Toyota was on, you know, really probably the favourites to win it, um, it's great to see that um, the Ferrari, the Ferrari fans are celebrating, and we gave certainly gave them something to celebrate. Well, the Ferrari, sorry, people gave them something to celebrate. So no, it's it's great to see that. Great, it's been good for this, good for the sport, and I think. 
you know, I know the the Le Mans is the the pinnacle of WEC racing, but hopefully these two cars can now leverage a little bit more interest in the in the rest of the series as well, because they do go to some great tracks around around the world, and uh, it is quite an enjoyable sport. And yeah. there's, you know, we talk about strategy in Formula One. There's a lot of strategy in in this sort of racing as well, and um, you know. It, those guys do pull off some pretty brave moves given the fact that some of those races go for 24 hours. So they're not just, it's not just a uh, endurance race per se. It is, can be also a bit of a sprint race in amongst the, the 24 hours. So I urge everyone to get on board. I really enjoy watching that. Todd, can you refresh my memory? Is that, that's, that's a stand product, isn't it? The WEC championship, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. I actually yep. I was um having a look before what what else what other motorsports stand do and there was WEC in there and there was WRC which I just completely forgot about um, mm-hmm. of course there's the T T TCR uh there's IndyCar in there or Champ Car if you want to call it IndyCar I'm yeah. like there's a lot in there yeah stand <laughs> have packaged of, up yeah yeah there is they they've done really well with the motorsport uh, Foxtel still got the Probably the lion's share, but um, second to that is a is a strong stand with with their speed event series as well. I think they do yeah. really good job of that. And uh, I urge people if they're interested in that sort of thing, get a, get a, get themselves a subscription and and start watching that. It's uh, quite enjoyable. Speaking of things yeah, that are enjoyable, I'll, oh sorry, go on, Todd. I was about to say um, I was going to say to you tonight. I reckon the way Stan's going, give it another uh, probably year. I wouldn't be surprised if MotoGP goes first. Mm-hmm. Stan? Yep. Like, just, yeah. So that's I'm not my, sh- my yeah. two cents. I'm not sure when the rights are, are up for grabs in Australia. It should be interesting to know that. I don't know that off the top of my head, but we should probably find out. Yeah. Because- yeah, the offering that um, or stands a part of the Channel Nine network, or you know, they they work together. Um, we do recall that MotoGP or the five hundred CC Championship back many many moons ago was a Channel Nine product. So um, in yeah, many ways, they were re- responsible yeah. for you yeah. know a lot of the fanfare and a lot of the fan base that followed you know Wayne Gardner, Mick Doohan, and those sort of the great Australians back then. Yeah, I actually remember that. You're yeah, and they were always they always had uh especially Wayne Gardner in the Wild Water Sports on a Sunday. Mm, correct. Yep. Yeah. They'd go interview him and he would have been doing something or trying to win a championship or doing what he did mm. best in those days. So yeah. yeah. Most certainly, most certainly. I don't know if you caught uh, MPK, I haven't managed to see it myself either, but Daddy Dave, uh, Dave Constock, as we know him, um, won his first MPK event, and that was in his new Audi S5, uh, his Pro Charger Hemi-powered Audi S5. So, you know, I've been following the MPK scene a little bit more ever since they came here to Australia, but it was interesting to see Daddy Dave. Won. He actually won his first MPK event uh, just this weekend at, in Bowling Green, Te- Bowling Green, Kentucky. So... Congratulations to him. Uh, to get there, he had to beat Joe Dominator Woods, or Dominator as we know him, David Gates, Justin Swanstrom, Scotty Taylor, and then in the final he had Nate Saylor. So congratulations to Daddy Dave. Um, 
I feel that MPK have probably celebrated this win. This is probably one of the biggest wins that they've celebrated in recent time. I, I still think Daddy Dave is, is a bit of a crowd favourite, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you go back to he was essentially one of the characters in the OG Street Outlaws, really. Yeah, he was. And, yep. uh, you know, and he was a character because he was an arrive and drive guy. That's where the name came from type of thing. You yeah, know, he borrowing someone else's car, and he he won it what twice, three times in the old series, didn't he? In, yeah, he was in the number one spot yeah. for I think two or three seasons at least. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know, but if back in the day that actually made him uh, more likable and less likable, because I felt there was a lot of resentment towards him because he was a, as you say, a buyer drive or whatever it may have been, a lease deal yeah. with Jackie. I'm not sure what the deal was with those guys, but I'm not sure if that made it, if he was resented for that. I don't think he really got his um, fame or got his fan base in place until he got his own car, the Goliath or the first Goliath, that was the car that he had um, when he started yeah. racing that. And yeah, but I mean, but you know. That's quite common to do that is to to race someone else's car. Um, I don't know what his deal was. I felt that he used to uh, look after the maintenance of that vehicle. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, yeah, that's he certainly. You're right. That's where he certainly got his his some of his fame from, and um, I think he's a bit of a fan favorite now. And he says it as it is, obviously, like like most of those guys. Yeah, no, exactly right. Um, but no, um. Actually, trying to look now while we're chatting, and there's not much to see about MPK unless you um subscribe to yeah one of the numerous pay TV series in America yeah, and it's a bit hard to get over here. Which um yes uh yeah <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, if someone <laughs> could let also let us yeah, know, we'd, but we'd still be... there's results over the internet and um yeah. I would like to know when the NPK events that were here in Australia, when they're likely to be telecast as well. I I, I asked someone the other day and they weren't sure, and I, I actually don't know the answer to that question myself. So the NPK events here in Australia, yeah. if someone knows when they're going to be telecast, uh, I'd be really curious to know because, um, yeah, I, I just it would be great to see and great to see how our Aussies fared, not just here in Western Australia, but also... Obviously, at uh, Willow Bank, um, Calder Park, and of course, uh, Western Sydney, it'd be great to see how our fellow Aussies went. I know, I mean, we know some of the results, but it, it'd be—I'm really curious to see how we come across in that in that um, in that in that video package, uh, how they package that up, how the Aussies are portrayed. Oh yeah, likewise, and um, I think I heard someone say on the actual day of filming, um, about six months. Oh really? Okay. All right. So Apparently. that was that was February. So yeah, we're not too uh, yeah, far about away. About six months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. August to September. We'll we'll need to speak with Simon. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be across right. that. We'll 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 endeavour to have Simon on the podcast next week. We're all yeah. getting together next week, and we'll have a have a discussion about that. Speaking of drag racing, I've got some Andrew news here. Yeah. So some big news here. We, Andra have announced, are pleased to announce the appointment of a new CEO, Tim uh, McAvaney. Uh, congratulations to Tim taking the CEO role. Tim is a former Speedway guy, uh, ran, was, um, 
in Speedway Australia for many years and then also has also worked in Ostwine as well uh, and has worked in the viticulture and vineyard industry as well in the Barossa Valley. Um, but, I mean, he's notable. Um, he has his note of most note to him is his uh, credentials in Speedway uh, and also uh, running club uh, facilities as well. He used to raise, run a Speedway track as well, and I thought I had that written down here, and I do not. I'm just going through my notes, and I can't seem to find which Speedway track he used to run. My apologies, Tim, if you're listening. But anyway, I know he used to run a Speedway track as well. So congratulations to Tim. Andrew have been looking um, – Ian Brown has been caretaker CEO for quite some time now. So congratulations to Tim taking over the role. We look forward to what he can bring to Andra and the, and the business moving forward. Also, Andra have a number of single-digit um, race numbers available. So if you're interested, two, three, five, six, and 8, they are all available for $600. I reckon it's a bargain. And dual digit numbers, which are available, are 16, 17, 65, 72, 73, and they're available for $400. So, yeah, I urge listeners, racers there, to secure one of those single-digit numbers, especially two. I can't believe two is available. Anyway, that's that's great news. Did, yeah. you, know, did you know Simon still has? He managed to secure. I don't know how he did it, if we have to ask him, but when he was racing the 280ZX... His Andrew number and still is today yeah. is two eight zero one. So wow. <laughs> there, there's some there's and that number goes back yeah. to when he was racing his Datsun two eighty ZX. So there's some useless information for for all of our Yeah, two eight zero one. So yeah. We hope you're liking this podcast. If you are, head to our iTunes or Spotify um, podcast channel and like and subscribe to us there. Also head to our website tnpmedia.au you can get all of our episodes every single one we've ever recorded from our website there as well. There's also a heap of YouTube content so head to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us there. That's Talking Power. Wherever you get us make sure you like and subscribe us there. Uh, we can really do with the, uh, the subs. Thanks everyone. Now back to the second half of the podcast. Speaking of drag racing, uh, we're happy to inform that Kelvin Lyle is is on the mend. Um, he had a pretty bad accident in Top Door Slammer um, on the final run of the evening in the Nitro Up North event. He'd already uh, secured his championship uh, for the for Top Door Slammer for this season, uh, but in the final, um, yeah, shoots didn't deploy. Went off at the top end of the track and. Uh, has been in hospital uh, for some time and, and still is, I believe. So, look, we're glad to hear Kelvin is on the mend and um, congratulations on winning the championship. Uh, but I think most importantly, Kelvin, and to, to all the fans of drag racing, from all of the fans of drag racing, is that you're okay. And, um, you know, we hope to see you participating in the near future. So he actually um, took the championship um, from Daniel Gregorini was last year's championship. He won, Kelvin won he, the final against John Zapier. Um, so, yeah. and Daniel Gregorini came third in that event. Yeah, it looks like uh, Zapier had a good view of what happened as well, unfortunately. 
Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so I don't know. Did you manage to catch that that uh, seven plus magnificent job? We we sounds like all we're doing this podcast is plug. Uh, Maybe one of them should bloody give us some money, but hey, um, <laughs> you know, seven seven plus did an absolute magnificent job Saturday yeah. night. It's it's I love it. I actually love the Nitro up north event. I keep saying to my wife, we need to go up there. We really need to get behind this event, and yeah. I just like the fact that there's that synergy between the supercars and also the the drags. And I thought yeah. it was really prevalent this year in particular especially with Peter Zibris uh, doing so well in top fuel. He managed to get a couple of the drivers there down to down and, and, and also be part of the telecast as well for the drags. I was really curious to know that, well, not curious. I was, I was interested to hear that James Golding had never seen a top fueler go down the track. So that was quite, that was, I was taken back by that. Um, oh, but wow. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought that was kind of interesting, but I like the synergy we saw. We saw Mark Winterbottom with John Zapier as well. I just think that that sort of scenario works quite well where we have the two sports coming together at the one event. What would be really good for Darwin is to have either the week before or the week after even an AFL game as well. So I know I know they try and secure a couple of AFL games each year, but it would be really great if they have one the week before or the week after. And they can certainly, you know, have people hanging around for the entire week. Come up one week or one weekend for the the nitro up north and the and the supercars, and then hang around for the week and and uh, maybe do some sightseeing a bit out of town, and then do and then stay on for the weekend for the AFL as well. I think that would be I think that would be the next step for for Darwin. I mean, that's that's I, I think that works. No, it could be a good idea, I reckon. And um, to answer your earlier question. I forget the seven mate has the the coverage, so I'm going to make a note next time to try and watch it. Seven plus, seven plus, seven plus, seven plus. It's online, and they do they do a magnificent job. It's a great coverage. Uh, Chad Nalan, they all do a magnificent job. It's 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 really good. Um, the yeah, it, it's it's and then in between because there was unfortunately at this event there was a couple of a couple of nasty incidences so. They had to cut away to highlights from the previous races, and that's cool. We all understand that, and um, I think that's 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 fine. Um, but yeah, it's they do a magnificent job, and um, you know, get, the interviews are done well. It's certainly come a long way that coverage, and I think um, it's well, it certainly watch this space for next next year or next season. I'll say. Uh, when we have the National Drag Racing Championship, the newly formed championship, uh, which I cannot wait to see coming up um, next season, starting in October. So that'll be huge. I'll just get back to the results here. So in top fuel motorcycle, uh, uh, Rob Kassar secured his uh, championship, uh, winning over Benny Stevens. Uh, in top fuel, how can we forget, Damien Harris, good WA boy, uh, he won a champion. He won the championship in the Reposada uh, Atlantic Oils Autosport International car. So with a round two win over Kyle Putland, I'll tell you what, Kyle, you did well. You uh, you made him drive that out the back door. Kyle put up a great front, a good show there. Um, Peter Zibris, last year's champion, got the second in the title this year. Um, 
He had a round two win against Phil Reed, who actually came third in the title as well. So congratulations to those guys. And as I said, Cole put on did a magnificent job there. Um, certainly keeping Damien Harris, made him work for his championship. So congratulations there. Went yeah. well too much. As I said, there was a few incidences there uh, at the track. Um, so, you know, our shout out. We should also need to shout out to Lisa Gregorini. I know she's okay. Uh, she came together with the wall as well, uh, but the damage didn't look to be too bad on the car. I haven't spoken with either of those guys, Lisa or Daniel. The car looked um, looked okayish, a uh, little bit of little bit of damage. Uh, thankfully, she was okay, um, and she's been driving really well. Just the car that I'm not sure what happened there. It looked like it got into some sort of. After the transition on the track, it looked like it got into some sort of shake. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it went straight into the wall. So, but she's okay and um, speedy recovery to to her and to, and especially to Kelvin Lyle as well. Uh, we wish them the best. And also, I know there was even another pretty nasty incident uh, in one of the other races as well. Not sure who they got out of the car, but yeah, there was quite a significant fire there as well. So. That's drag racing, unfortunately, but um, everyone's okay. We do drag racing has a great safety record, and uh, it's great to see. Speaking of reaching into our pockets, we were talking about earlier. I don't know if you've seen the winter auction has come. Shannon's winter auctions have dropped a couple of cars and motorbikes into the winter auction, which is coming up. Let's look at the dates here. It closes off at six p.m. on the twenty-second of August. So if you're looking at securing your next collectible, Todd, uh, you got to the 22nd of August. I think the auction starts four or five days earlier and finishes on 6 p.m. The first lot will close off at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 22nd of August. So I don't know if you had a chance to have a look at some of the things there, but I saw, I reckon a lot of people will, this was a good buy. To me, I thought it was a good buy, but correct me if I'm wrong. They're estimating four to six thousand dollars on a Honda C90 posty bike. It's from 1968. Does that does that sound good? Does that sound like a good buy to you? No, I think no. it. I'm sorry, but no, because I mean, I'd rather a, a Honda CT125. Okay, the more modern one. But yep. then again, I. I know they are ridiculous amounts of money as well. Okay. So I guess there is a vintage there is a vintage aspect to a C ninety, I reckon. Yep. But um yeah, sorry, shoot you out of the water there. No, but, okay. No, that's all right. It's not look, I mean, I'm not a bike person as you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I thought I thought that was a good buy. Good buying for four to six thousand dollars if you can secure that for under six thousand dollars. I think you're doing well. You know it looked really cool as well. I don't know if you saw it, the Ducati seven fifty sport. From 1974, that thing looks fast, just standing still. They reckon that's going to get somewhere between fifty to seventy thousand dollars. That is a magnificent looking piece of machinery. That bike. Yeah, I did have a look, and I, I love that, that shape, Ducati. It they just looks mean, doesn't it? You're right. It looks fast standing still is the best yep. way to put it. It just. Yeah. I've always got a soft spot for some Ducatis, so I want to own a Duke one day. But I also know Dukes have a reputation. <laughs> but anyway, we'll Italian. leave that there. For being Italian. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that Messerschmitt KR201 as well? From 1958, it was a convertible version or a 
Um, even comes with a custom trailer as well. So that is that's going to get roughly between eighty to one hundred thousand. Um, that I think you yeah, have I've, limited sort of buyers for something like that. Surely. Yeah, there's um again, I think there's one in Perth or two in Perth. <laughs> and I'm sure going back through our podcast, there was one that we had a look at at the auctions. I want to say probably almost eighteen months ago, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, well, I think and, I think you're right. And I remember it going for absolutely ridiculous money. Um, I mean, I personally, I reckon they're cool. Would I mm. own one? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> so no, I, I can't see yeah. one coming into my household either. Yeah, yeah. The last one here that caught my interest uh, was that 1927 Rolls Royce Phantom One. That's gonna that's the highest estimation at the moment of the cars they've got coming through. 180 to 200 thousand they're expecting on that thing. Yeah. Now, uh, again, um, I, I love them. To me, that's an old, well, <laughs> I was going to say gangster car, but not quite gangster being a Rolls Royce. Yeah. It's just a very, and um, I'm pretty sure my uncle has one. I might have to confirm because I'm sure that's one of the ones in his collection. Okay. And I'd love to go have a look at one up up close one day. I know he's got that. Um, the old Carilla Deville car, if you want to call mm-hmm. that, from 101 Dalmatians, technically. Yep. And um, yeah, he's got uh, some old classic Austins and a, an old Lincoln and something else, and all circa 19, 20, 1930. So, mm. yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, the Rolls Royce Phantom One is just, it's a beautiful car. Yeah, it certainly is. Certainly is. I don't know if Shannon's are holding back on the the um, the cars at the moment. There's not. There's only about forty three lots there. Uh, in terms of collectibles, there. In terms of Aussie collectibles, there was a genuine XWGT, uh, not a HO. Uh, there was a Brocky tribute as well. A VK the Blue Mini, but it was a tribute. It was, uh, and uh, there was a VH. I think the VH was genuine. Anyway, look, um, there was a few cars coming through, but we'll we'll keep you posted on that because we have, as as we've spoken about in the past, we have a great interest in the Shannon's auctions, and we like to we like to talk about the cars that are coming through, see what sort of value they're getting. The one thing I will say, and I think you know, I don't think I'm wrong or I'm out of out of place in saying this. There's certainly been a decline in in what the the estimated values of cars are at the moment, and uh, I can see in even in the marketplace. Oh yes, for sure. Collectibles have dropped quite significantly. Uh, interest rate rises. I'm sure have something to do with it. I'm not sure what other influences there are at the moment out there, but uh, there seems to be a dropping dropping um, car values at this stage i don't know if you're seeing the same thing in the jdm scene todd at all oh, no i was about to say um my mates and i were talking about it on the weekend um there's people still asking a lot of money for cars but they simply aren't shifting mm. yep. at the moment uh, especially in the jdm scene um in japan um there's a couple of cars i just watch for the hell of it that i really want to own one day and I've yep. noticed that the cars still have a higher value, but again, they don't move. Yeah. Yep. Some people would argue that all, all that was left in Japan is all the garbage. I beg to differ and say, no, there's actually still some good finds, but the problem is they sit and they sit yeah. and they sit. And in fact, there's a car I've been watching for about four months now, 
And I'm like, it's a nice car, but they want premium dollar for it. And I'm like, but they're not going to get the premium dollar. Mm, yeah. So yeah. it'll be, I'm hoping I might drop it. Uh, yeah. And I'll be added to the collection. No. Yeah. I mean, the staple, staple car I mentioned is the GTRs. Mm -hmm. um, GTRs in Japan, a lot of them have dropped. Yes, there's yeah, a lot okay. of garbage in Japan, mm -hmm. but still, I'd rather, well, I'd rather pay for a GTR and have it have to do some work on it instead of paying 20 grand for one. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And even locally, I've noticed in Australia, guys that are starting to drop the price on some JDM cars, not others. Um, some of your Aussie muscle cars, like your late model VF Commodores, your late model Falcon, stuff like that, I've noticed a dropping finally. Um, especially the Commodores, uh, 10 grand in some instances, I dropped in the last two months. Yeah, there there has been a there has been a decline there, but still the the premium VF yeah. stuff is still getting good money, like senators, yeah. HSVs, club oh, sports, yeah. clubbies. The HSV and the FPV stuff is, but yeah, yeah, the FPV stuff is not as abundant. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of uh, stock in terms of VF and and HSV. There seems to be, but that hasn't dropped as much as what I expected. It certainly hasn't dropped as much as the old stuff has. And I don't know if there's still an appeal for a newer car. Obviously, there is. But if you look at the VF, uh, sort of the HSV yeah, yeah, yeah. range, they have dropped most certainly, yes, but not not the same sort of percentage that uh, a HQ or a um, XW, XY, HK, Tirana, not not the sort of the percentage that those cars have dropped. Like we've seen some of those, the XWs, XYs, HQs as well, uh, H, that early H Monaros as well, HT, HK. We've seen them drop quite considerably. Um, but the the clubbies and the the late, late, later VF, HSV stuff hasn't dropped as much in terms of a percentage value. So it's interesting that that stuff is kind of still holding its own. And I don't know where that's going to go because I have been watching that quite closely, that VF market. Yeah. So now I... I'm on the same. I hate to say, I reckon one more interest rate rise, it'll crash the car market. Well, I had those, and yeah. If you listen to anyone, they're telling you that there's not going to be just one more. I think there's still a few more, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I have noticed in a few sort of Facebook ads that I read, people are literally saying, bought this as a, you know, bought this during COVID, interest rate rises as house or the car. Mm. And mm. like, and I, I thought at first it was a joke, and now but I've seen it word for word probably five or six times now already, especially the mm. last week since the last rate rise. And, yeah, I think, unfortunately, people are realising it's the house of the car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so, that's, that's a sad – that's sad to hear that as well, and I don't like hearing that because, no. uh, you know, we like a buoyant market. We don't like a, you know, a market that's, that's dropping away significantly. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, if you bought early enough and you, you know, you still got some, some value in your car, I urge people to hold on to them, you know, yeah. because I think it will turn slightly again. Uh, but for the next, for the foreseeable future, I don't know. There's going to be more rate rises. There's, there's one thing that's guaranteed is there's going to be more rate rises, and yeah. the Eagles will continue losing. So oh, I don't wow. know. Which, 
I don't know which I wasn't going to mention that tonight. You know, I don't follow football enough, but I did see that they lost and I wasn't going to mention it. I was going to be nice. God, it's terrible. So, so I, got a, I, I got the letter. I got the letter. I got the letter yesterday, last night. Then I was reading it again. Don't, please don't leave us. Well, I was, it was expected, the letter from the chairman. So I got this last night, uh, the letter from the chairman, and it just... It's a really sad state of affairs, but you know, I find it interesting that there's some forums and some pages urging people to boycott the next game, and I, I don't, I don't think that's the answer either. I just think, um, any time's going to fix this now. So anyway, this isn't a football podcast, but yeah, I got the letter last night. It's on my phone here, but I don't, I, I won't read it out. It's uh, chairman from Paul. The letter from the <laughs> the chairman Paul Fitzpatrick. He's issued this letter to all Eagles fans. But anyway, I, I don't think boycotting games is the answer. I think if you're a fan or you're if you're a member of the club, you support them through thick and thin. But I can see the frustration brewing, even in our household. The frustration is certainly brewing. So anyway. All the Eagles fans, let's stick together. We'll get through this. Remember, I urge all our West Australian listeners, we've delivered this this state uh, numerous premierships now. So four of them to be exact. That's all. Yeah, no, exactly. I said, I, again, I don't follow it, but a good friend of mine uh, drove a lot of the games as a member. And then, like the game just gone, he's like, I didn't, I didn't bother going, and I'm glad I didn't. And I was like, oh no, when the members are saying that, that's not good, hey? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But get along to the game, enjoy yourself. If you are a member, enjoy. It's a day out. They always look at it as yeah. a day out as well. It could be worse. It could be worse yeah. things to be doing. You know what I mean? So it could be gardening or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Hey, if you're listening to us on 88.5 FM, I urge you to stay tuned. We've got the second half of the interview with Craig Marslin about to come on. So after this short break, we'll have the interview, part two of the interview with Craig Marslin that was on a few weeks ago, uh, Sports Sedan and um, Group C um, Driver. All right, Todd. Well, look, thanks for coming along. Uh, thanks for joining us on this podcast. We're going to be back again next week for episode 168. And um, we'll hope to catch up with you then. We'll have more motorsport news. We'll have more more motoring news. We'll have whatever. If, you, if you're listening to us as well on, on um, podcast or 88.5 FN, write into us and tell us what you'd love to hear. So info at Talk and Power. .net. We'll head to our website, tnpmedia.au or talkandpower.com.au, wherever you get, wherever you, you can get us, wherever. Facebook, Instagram as well, we're there. What about you, Todd? Where can we get you? Um, I can't remember right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got uh, towards the brink.net. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. And that should take you to my Facebook page and my Instagram, which Fair I haven't had much haven't had much updates lately. But I do actually promise there is a lot more to come because I am planning on going away shortly to a uh, motoring event over east, which I'm looking, mm-hmm. looking very forward to. Cool. And that will uh, that will give some content. And there's uh, some people I'm in, in contact with that I hope to have on the show soon. I keep saying soon, but I'm yeah. Working on it. <laughs> Look forward so, to it. Look forward to it. Yeah. 
Also, head to the Talking Power website as well, just for one last thing. We'll probably be posting some photos. I actually managed to get down to the Launceston Motorsport uh, Motoring Museum as well. That, if, if you've never been to Tasmania, get down there. Don't just go to the motor, Motoring Museum in Launceston. But um, what a what an absolutely beautiful town down in Launceston. Yeah, I know I, you've been. I you was, love it as well. I haven't been to the museum though. I didn't. I was staying literally a five hundred meter walk to the museum, mm-hmm. but I did not get there. Oh, okay, a, uh, they were actually shut, and then I had to drive to Hobart. So, yeah, winter winter hours in Launceston. Yeah, the winter hours at the museum are not great. <laughs> They're not. They're not the. They're not the no. most. Uh... Yeah, actually, it was about roughly this time last year. I was over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So sorry, you're in the it was, winter, it was late August. Yeah, you got to get there. You got to kind of yeah. get there before before four o'clock. Yeah, I managed to get there and get around it. It's a it's a, it's a yeah. really great museum, but it's also urge people to get to Launceston in Tasmania. Wow, what a surprise! I I was um, taken back with the beauty of Tasmania. Um. Yeah, really nice, nice little little state, Tasmania. Urge people to get it. There. Is look. Did you get around much outside of Launceston, or not really? No, not really. I just I was actually there to be honest with you for Agfest field days. So that was only fourteen k's out of town. So that was the that was as far okay. as I got out of Launceston was fourteen kilometers. Actually, they must have had it earlier this year because again, I swear I was over there for Agfest last year, but I was over there later. I know. No, it was it was May. It was May. It's always May. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, maybe even though we're know. even though we're recording at the end on. of I June. All the... Even though we're recording it, yeah. this is at the end of June. This episode, I I only just mentioned it now. So there you go. Yeah. All right, anyway. Todd. Well, look. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We'll catch you next week and um, stay safe out there and. Um, Head to the website if you get a chance and and, uh, subscribe, like, share our episode. That would be great. All right, Todd. Take care. See ya. See ya.